1: Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're doing great today. I'm going to do a couple of half-hour shows for the next couple of weeks just because uh, it's just getting to a point where I feel like I'm talking a lot and I want to kind of relax on that and give you what you want. There will be times we will have shows where I have guests. It might be a little bit longer, but we're just going to kind of work through it, okay? Um, today, I want to talk about having bedtime struggles, sleep problems. Why do we have these things happen? It is normal for people, especially with Parkinson's disease or Lewy body disease, to struggle with nighttime. I think people with Alzheimer's, if they are kept busy throughout the day, they have a better sleep period but why do we have problems why do people get up and turn on the light wake up their spouse you try and get them back in bed and you can't do it they say they're hungry they say they have to go to work this will go on for 20 or 30 minutes you finally get your person back in bed and an hour later it starts all over again it's like rinse and repeat right and and these are big problems. Like, if you could just keep him from turning on the light, maybe you wouldn't wake up, but then they'd wander out of the room. They won't know where they are. He'll start yelling for you. You'll wake up anyway. <laughs> your heart will be pounding. You'll be wondering what happened and where where your person went, right? And those are the kind of things that people have trouble with. They don't want to share with family members. They don't know what to share. They don't know what to do. They don't want to pay for somebody to to stay overnight. I've had people that tell me that they've moved into another room in the house and they sleep in a separate room and they have to lock their person with the diagnosis door so that they can't get out. Um... And that could be even worse. Then they start yanking on the door, and the next thing you know, they're practically pulling it off of the hinges. Um, and these are hard, hard, hard things to deal with. What do you do? And why is the nighttime so challenging? It's. I think it's as challenging for the caregiver as it is for the person that is experiencing the impairment. The hope is that we wear our person out by the end of the day. And, oh my gosh, we know that we as the caregiver are worn out at the end of the day. So why isn't that person? And most times... They will start to have problems that we call sundowning, maybe around 5 or 6 at night, late afternoon, evening time. People confuse day and night. That can cause those sleep disturbances that we're dealing with that can be really, really tough um, but it's not just that. It's it's whether or not they've had enough activity throughout the day. Have they taken a walk? Did they go get some fresh air? Did you take them for a drive somewhere or shopping or to lunch or something to get their body moving so that they exert some energy? And, you know, even take them to the gym with you and let them lift some weights or walk on a treadmill for a little while listening to some music while you're working out. Whatever it is, just do it because if you don't get them worn out they're going to be up all night. If they're sitting and just watching TV all day and they're not really doing anything, they're not doing anything to wear themselves out. Are they helping you fix dinner? Are they helping you clean the house? Are they outside gardening? Are they just outside doing anything? Picking weeds? Whatever? No. If they're not, I guarantee you're going to have problems at night. And You can go and get your person evaluated for sleep disturbances like sleep apnea or, you know, uh, snoring too much or anything that comes with all of that. Restless leg syndrome is a big deal. Um, People can have side effects from the medication that they're taking that keeps them up all night. And talk to the doctor about that. Maybe they have something that they can uh, give them, like Trazodone or um, something that helps them sleep. Try and stay away from things like Ambien and stuff like that because that can be really, uh, that can be really, really tough. And, And if you have a medication that is prescribed, always ask. Ask the doctor or ask the pharmacist how that medication interacts with that person when they are mixed with other medications throughout the day because that can cause people to be up and moving and and um being you know causing disturbances turning on the TV too loud uh all those kind of things when you're trying to sleep also if they are napping, try as hard as you can to see if you can limit that nap to maybe the morning time, if they get try and get them up early, um, as early as you can stand it, six thirty, seven o'clock, seven thirty in the morning or whatever. and then if they're tired, maybe get a little nap before lunch. Uh, if they take a nap after lunch try to limit it to a half hour or an hour don't let them sleep all afternoon therein would lie your problem again if you're letting somebody sleep most of the day you're going to have problems so i would only do the morning nap or the little cat nap for a half hour 45 minutes to no longer than an hour and don't let them sleep past like one o'clock in the afternoon because then they're not ready to go to bed around seven or nine whenever you want to go to bed and the older we get the earlier we go to bed some of you may go to bed around 11 or something well good for you but still if that person has taken a nap to too late in the afternoon it's going to cause you some problems I mentioned uh, restless leg, and that runs in my family for some reason. I don't really know why, but I get that problem to a degree from sitting on my couch at night. Now, I'm never on my couch for the most part during the day um, because I'm working, but even sitting in a chair... You know, I have to get up and move around about every hour or so just to make sure I don't stiffen up or anything like that. but I'll tell you there are times, especially if I'm doing exercises or i'm I've ridden a bike throughout the day or something um like today i I did a lot of gardening and I used a saw to cut branch branch limbs um Not the greatest idea, especially when I have something electric I could have used, but uh, I didn't know how to put it together and I have to wait for my husband. (laughs) So anyway, I know I'm going to have a backache tonight. I know it. So I'm probably going to take like a super hot bath and maybe some Aleve or Advil before I go to bed. And because I get that restless leg stuff on occasion, especially if I put some strain on my lower back, I will put my leg on my bed and stretch my hamstring. And I flex my foot up in the air and then I straighten it out and I flex it and I straighten it out. And I wait until that pull that is uncomfortable subsides. Sometimes it takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes longer. And then I'll move around so I can stretch just a little bit more. And if I can do that for five or ten minutes, that helps me to not have that restless leg. Now, a person with uh, dementia disease may or may not be able to express if stretching is painful or or hurts in any way for them. They could sit down on the floor and just put your legs out to the sides and kind of stretch over to one side and stretch over to the other side, and you might have to do it with them. It might be something that an exercise you might have to do with them. Um, It's not as easy sometimes to bend over and touch your toes because somebody might lose their balance and tumble over. So maybe putting their leg on a chair or something like that. And then once you do one leg for about 5, 10 minutes, switch to the other leg and stretch your arms and things. I think some of the problems that we have with people with uh, Alzheimer's and various dementias is we forget that they can't express when they're having trouble with their legs being restless or their arms jumpy or their nerve endings kind of messing with them a little bit. And I'm going to write all this stuff down because I swear to God, if I get 80 and somebody puts me in a nursing home, I want to make sure they know that I need to stretch a little bit before I go to bed. If they don't let me have a bath before I go to bed, um, I'm going to be in trouble. Right, I'll be up all freaking night, and everybody will just think I'm struggling with sleep problems. So these are ways to try, if you can, to alleviate some of that. That's just stuff I feel. I'm sure all of you can think about, you know, other problems that you have going on, and especially like people that get headaches and and things like that. Uh, I think that it's a good idea to go and get a massage every so often or have somebody in your family help massage your neck and your shoulders because people that sit for too long, they end up getting a stiff neck and then they get headaches. So I think it's a good thing to try to work those things out. Stretch your neck around. I'm a firm believer in stuff like that. I I literally, I'm not kidding you guys, about uh I would say easily 5 nights a week. I'm stretching before I go to bed. Most of my family takes medication for restless leg. I refuse to do that. I I am not going to do that. I'm not criticizing them for it, but I don't I don't take any medication for anything right now and I don't want to. If I can use holistic Uh, processes to help alleviate that discomfort, I'm going to do it all day long. And I know the things I do throughout the day are what contribute to that. When I put too much wear and tear on my lower back, like trimming a bush today down to the bottom, Uh, those are things that are troublesome and can create really, really big problems. Okay, so I want to take a quick break. Uh, You'll hear a little word about what my company does. And when I come back, I'm going to finish this conversation about um, some approaches that you can utilize. I'm going to think of some things for you that you can use when your person is struggling with sleeping. And um, I think I've got some good ideas for you. So we'll take a quick break
2: and we'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at Summitresiliencetraining.com for more information.
0: Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz.
1: Okay, so I have a couple of ideas for you that I jotted down before I came in the studio today about things that you can do to try to get them to sleep a little better. Now, I talked at length in the first portion about keeping them active and all those kinds of things and restless leg and um, medication side effects and all that kind of stuff, but... I think um, I mentioned it, but I want to go back and say it one more time. Having them get up a little bit earlier in the morning, not 5 a.m. Nobody wants to be up at 5 a.m., but getting up uh, maybe around 6, 37, something like that, um, keeping them engaged, shorter naps, life is good. Maybe you... Try to keep them up just a little bit later uh, where they go to bed around 9.30, 10, you know, watch a show or something like that in the evening so that they can stay up just a little bit later so that they'll sleep until that 6.30 or 7 o'clock time frame. It's worth a try, right? Um... I just want to say it one more time. Gardening, walking, helping with housework, light exercise, uh, just doing a walkabout in the garden. I do that three, four times a day. I love walking around and seeing how my garden is growing. People will enjoy that, right? Go out and water plants, weed, things like that. Um, Make sure your person has lots of H2O. Lots and lots of water, tea, coffee, but not in the afternoon, if you can help it. Okay, try to try to keep it to something lighter in the afternoon. Loads of water is a good idea. Loads of water decreases leg cramps. Um, I actually think that the somewhat of the restless leg that I feel is on days that I don't drink quite enough water. I, I always see a big difference um, when I have done that, right? Um, notice if your person has eaten too much at dinner time. Being overstuffed makes people uncomfortable. If they have lactose problems, make sure they take the lactose pills before they eat. Or they're going to be up all night with gas cramps and all kinds of stuff and having to go to the bathroom and all those things that keep people from having a sound sleep. And try to make sure that you don't feed them too much. Uh, make it proportionate. They don't need a whole plateful of, you know, everything touching amounts of food. Make sure that you give them a decent amount so they don't... W- you know, way too much or gain too much weight. Um, And when you do that, you're judging the portion sizes and all that, but try to make sure that they don't eat too late in the evening. In the summertime, it's kind of hard, but um, a lot of seniors like to eat around 4 p.m. 4 or 5 p.m. Well, that's fine if you have lunch at around 11. You have breakfast around 6.30 or something like that. That's a pretty good schedule, right? But try not to eat past like 7 p.m. with your person because a really full stomach will cause them to not be able to sleep well. It will cause them to be up in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. Important, important, important stuff i think i I think it 's huge um, Pay attention to what a person is reading and watching on television don 't watch heavy duty shoot 'em up shows. A lot of people like to watch the detective shows and all that kind of stuff, which by the way, in case you 're wondering. Nobody asked, but I'm going to offer this. All the cop shows on television are pure BS. I swear, I wish my husband's department had some of those flashy um, places that are all brick with the blue lighting and all that kind of stuff. Like, are you kidding me? 95% of what you see on television is not real. It makes me crazy. But people especially with various dementias, see this stuff and they do think it's real. The news has nothing but bad news. I swear I don't remember the last time I watched a news channel and they had anything positive. It's all car crashes and who killed who and somebody stabbed somebody and aye, oh, yeah, yay. Yeah. So limit all that stuff. Limit what they're reading. Limit what they're viewing. If it's particularly violent or something of that nature. Um, understand their sleep preferences. If they like to have a light on in their room, make sure there's a light on their room that maybe can be colored somehow. Uh, my whole house is a smart house. So I can put my lamps on blue or I can put them on orange In every single room in the house, including outside. Uh, I like that because mood lighting helps me to relax. You can get that stuff at a Best Buy. You can order it from, you know, the light bulb companies and things like that. It takes a little bit of work. And if you ever have a power outage, that really stinks because you have to reset everything. But, oh, well, it's not that hard. It's fairly easy to do it. So just think about those kind of things. Do they like lots of covers? Is the room too warm? Is it too cool? Do they like to have a window open? Those kinds of things are important, especially if you move somebody into your house, your parent, um, uh, brother, sister, somebody, and you don't know how they like to sleep. Those are incredibly important things because if they're too hot, guess what? They're going to be up at 3 a.m. If they're too cold guess what? They're going to be up at 3 a.m. So you've got to figure those kinds of things out. How many covers do they like? Do they like thermal sheets? Do they like cotton sheets? Um, And look at things from their point of view. Lay on the bed and see kind of what they see at night. Is there easy access to get up and go around to the bathroom? Is the window just slightly ajar that would cause the the blinds to bang or something like that or let light in that makes it weird? Is there a mirror that reflects light? Um, are there shadows that could be bugging them? You know, things like that. Is the mattress comfortable? Is the bedding comfortable? There's nothing worse than having a... Uh, like a bedspread or a um, comforter that slides down every time you roll over in the middle of the night. You have to pull it all the way back up or it's too rigid or something like that. Make sure things are comfortable. That their pillow is not too soft or too hard. These are important things. If a bed is too hard, that stinks. If you know that your person has a specific um, blanket or bedspread or pillow or something, make sure they have it. It's re- Go in and look at their room and their pillow and stuff like that. And if their pillow is old, try to take it to the, uh, you know, like a mm, furniture place that sells mattresses or whatever, and they'll sell pillows or bed, bath, and beyond. They're closing all over the country, so I don't know if you can go to them anymore. But try to get the same density or the same style thing. Don't just assume. I would go and compare it if it looks like that pillow has fallen apart and needs to be replaced. If your person, like me, likes to take a bath before bed, give give them a bath before bed. If they liked washing their face before they went to bed, um, and putting on some night creams and things like that, things that are important. They'll get up in the middle of the night realizing that that hasn't happened if you forget. There could be a zillion reasons why somebody's not sleeping good. And most of it is probably things we've missed. Look at easy activities before you go to bed as well kind of those winding down things, right? Like, um, for me, if I read a book, I am out like a light. So maybe if if you were caring for me and I have Alzheimer's, it would probably be a good thing to read me a chapter of a book before bed and I'll be out. I've joked to my husband That um, all I have to do is take a hot bath, and I come down, I sit in my recliner, and I am out like a light. And sometimes if he's trying to show me something on social media or something like that, that's all it takes. I am sound asleep. He has to wake me up. (laughs) Other things you could do is, um, you know, take a look at the calendar for the next day. Hopefully you all have a calendar or a dry erase board or something like that. And you could say tomorrow morning we're going to go do this and we're going to have to get a good night's sleep in order to do that. But boy, is that going to be fun. We're going to go out to lunch with some friends. We're going to have a picnic in the the mountains or we're going to go to a movie or whatever it is. And when you do get them upstairs, make bedtime a really pleasant experience. Give them a foot or a hand or a back massage. Tuck them in with a hug and a kiss. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. If you can, sing them a song. Tell them a favorite story from their childhood. Say a prayer. One thing you could do is install like rope lighting on the baseboards or somewhere on chair rail or something like that to help them find the bathroom. That's a good way to have like a simple light uh, shining or something that isn't really terribly confusing. And I think sometimes it's really nice. One of the things I do is I ask uh my google alexa system uh to play like yacht rock or something like that um james taylor or jason Mraz or some country musician or something like that and i'll say for 35 minutes and My system will answer back in the master bedroom. They will play this style of music for 30 minutes, and sure enough, it shuts off, and I'm out like a light. All you have to do is make sure you know that person, you know what they like, you know what they need, you have some ways to calm their system down and help them settle down and have the room set up in a way that addresses all their needs before they go to bed, and you should be just fine. Well, with that, I hope this has been helpful to you, and I'll see you next time on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz.
0: You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at Training.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.